0: just stand to our feet and just begin just to worship him and just adore him before the lights come on before we start our worship service can we just put our hands together and just send up a praise and just send up a worship to our savior hallelujah jesus he is our champion he is our champion come on church somebody lift up your voice somebody lift up your worship in the room presence of the Lord is in this place. I feel him already. We welcome you to christ Center church. Whether this is your first time here, whether you're returning, we welcome you to christ Center church. We are here to praise and worship the name of Jesus. Can we just put our hands together? Is there anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. We bless your name somebody look into your neighbor and just say it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. We greet our online congregation as well. Well, let's jump right into our worship service. I just need a couple people to help us praise and worship the name of Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. That's your name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Write them on the tablet of your heart. It's all right. Can we put our hands together? Say, write them on the tablet of your heart. are the branches. He who abides in me will forever be fruitful indeed. I am the way, the truth and the light. No one gets to the Father except that he comes through me. Let not mercy and, and true sing for saints. There is no shadow that has ever overcome your life. There is no rival that could ever stand against your mind. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won. We've already won. Can we just clap in the room? Everybody put your hands together. There is no weapon that has ever We'll cross the point.
1: up the God that break down any circumstance, that break down and saturate anything that is not of him. Amen? And this morning, we are going to go into prayer. So if anyone has a prayer request, you can just signify by the lifting of your hand. We're going to look around and we're going to pray. Oh God, because we know what? We don't want to quench anything. We just want the Spirit of God to continue as he is doing Hallelujah. You know, I had somebody call me yesterday. I haven't spoken to this person in about maybe five, six years. And if we do, it's always just hi and hello. And she just called me to say, stay strong, stay encouraged. And I thank God that somebody was praying for me, even when I didn't know that I even really needed prayer. So today in your prayer, I want you somebody to be on your mind. And I want you to just pray for that person. Ask the Lord to place somebody on your heart that you would just begin to pray for that person because believe me, you don't know who needs prayer. Somebody could be standing next to you right now going through and they're just putting on a smile. So I want you to just pray for somebody else this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we honor you today. And I don't want to pray by myself. I want us to pray. I want us to be collective. I want us to be in one mind, in one spirit, in one accord. Because we know what can happen. Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you, almighty God, that you can part the waters. We thank you, Lord God, that there's nothing that is too hard for you. God, we glorify you, the king eternally immortal. We glorify you, the invisible and the only wise, true and living God. You are God all by yourself. None can compare to you, oh great Savior none almighty oh, god can come even next to you lord jesus father we honor your name in this place today lord god father god i pray that you will forgive us oh god this morning of every sin Forgive us, God, of every iniquity, God. Forgive us of our shortcomings, Lord God. Forgive us of things knowingly, Almighty God, and unknowingly done against you, Lord. Father, we welcome your presence in this place, Lord. We don't want anything to hinder, Almighty God, your presence being felt and known in this place. So, dear God, we ask, O God, that you would just wash us wash us with your hands up, almighty God. Cleanse us, purify us from the top of our heads to the very sole of our feet, oh God. Lord Jesus, I pray, almighty God, for healings in the body and the mind today. I pray for restoration today, Lord God. I pray for faith to increase, oh Lord Jesus. I pray, almighty God, that for someone who's on their last leg, God, you will send someone in their direction, almighty God, to lift them up, oh God. I pray, oh God, that I will be that shoulder, oh Almighty God, I'm holding someone up this morning, Jesus. Glory to God, I pray for your people. God, we want you to have a move that you can continue to do, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, I pray, oh God, from the pulpit to the door, God. Father, every seat that is taken up in this place today, God, I pray that you are placed with the fire of your spirit today. God, I pray that people will let go and let God have his way. In the name of Jesus. I pray the hearts will be opened, O Lord God, so that you can enter in, Lord God. You want to dwell in us, Lord Jesus. I pray, Almighty God, that hearts will be emptied. Oh God, that you can fill them up this morning. Jesus, continue to use the praise and worship, people, mighty God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll touch the man of God. Lord God, as he come before with your word, anoint him, O Lord God. Let him speak the ark word of the living God today. I pray that we will see you in him today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We magnify you. We glorify you. We honor you, Lord God. Great King of Abraham. The Isaac, Jacob, hallelujah, you are the one, almighty God, that was in the lion's den with Daniel. And we know that there is nothing that you can't do. There is nothing that you can't do. Have your way this morning, God, as we say thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah, Jesus.
0: All of your pain, even your trouble,
2: you can give it to
0: Jesus. All of your burdens, all of your cares, even your struggles, you can give it to Jesus. Because He won't fail, He won't fail. All of your problems, all of your pain, all of your troubles, you can give it to Jesus. All of your burdens, all of your cares, even your struggles, you can give it to Jesus. Come on, sing it out, sing. He won't fail. My whole life I've seen it with my whole life He keeps having I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He'll never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't, he won't fail, he won't fail, just one more, rain came, wind blew, my house was built on you, just trying to encourage somebody in the room. in the room. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. Doesn't matter how many times it just seems like things aren't going your way. He keeps every promise. When you're down and out, go back to that time where He brought you through. When it doesn't look like your situation is going to turn around, go back to that time He brought you through. He keeps every promise.
2: a promise keeping God even when Abraham died he still kept his promise he's a promise keeping God he'll never leave you or forsake you amen amen God is good amen you may be seated I would like to greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ our soon coming king Everyone looks nice this morning. Good to have you worshiping in the house with us this morning. We came here to get instructions. We came here to hear what God has to say to us. For us to take this out. For it to strengthen us. And also for us to help others to be saved. Amen? Amen. God is good. All the time. I just want to make you aware of a prayer walk that we have on the 16th. We're going to be starting um, at the Township Building in Hamilton, 10 minutes from here in Hamilton on Greenwood Avenue. So just bear that in mind. We'll be having a prayer walk on the 16th. See Brother Bradley for any more information on this. Brother Bradley right there. Today is the last day to register and pray for CST and pay for CSTI. See, brother Tom, and uh, our men's retreat is coming up. It's going to be September 8th to 9th. See, brother Tom or brother Scarlett you know, to register. That's um, next week. Amen. This week coming, yes. <laughs> I would like to ask all visitors, first time, second time, third time, to stand so we can acknowledge you. Amen. (laughs) Glad to have you. You may be seated. Glad to have you. If there's anything that we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, to know who he is, see any one of us. amen amen Amen. and just before we get into the offering i just want us to join me in welcoming sister guthrie (laughs) glad to have you back amen it's offering time i'm gonna invite you to stand while we pray over the offering. Amen. If you need envelopes, just look around. There are ushers. And in the back, there's where you can, um, we have our booth set up for electronic payment. Amen? Amen. Let us pray over the offering. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for just strengthening us. Give us that health and strength that we needed lord jesus lord we thank you that we are able to be in your house this morning to worship you without fear lord to just call upon your name and to just bask in your glory lord jesus we thank you for the man of god who you have placed over us that will deliver your word that will that word that will help us throughout the weeks coming oh god Lord, I pray that you would continue to strengthen him and continue to feed us with that word, Lord Jesus. This morning, we ask you to bless those that have to give and those that don't have, oh God. Make a way for them so they will be able to give. All these mercies we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. Obey the instructions of your ushers.
0: Somebody worship the everlasting God. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our hands and worship? Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, light Fight till I found the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself.
3: For me and then I do it, and I said, Man, it wasn't even all that. And sometimes your flesh tell you, Just chill out, watch the service online, and then you come in and you realize it's a lot different. I'm glad I'm here, I'm glad you're here. Welcome into the house of the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. We have a couple of things that we want to do before I get into the word of the Lord. Amen. Last week, we baptized two young people in the name of Jesus Christ. They were filled with the Holy Ghost before they were baptized, and so they usually... For some reason, it seems, to, as I kind of recall, a lot of times young people, especially the children, they normally receive the Holy Ghost first, then they get baptized. They grow up in church usually. That's kind of the way it works. And so these two young people had the Holy Ghost. God was dwelling in them, but they didn't get baptized yet. And they finally decide, it's time. Well, I help them decide. Remember what I told you, when your children does wrong or act out, children, they're your responsibility. You're responsible to set them straight. You're responsible to raise them right. But when they become an adult, don't you be embarrassed for what they do, especially if you knew you raised them right and put the right things in them. Don't get embarrassed then. They made a choice when they became an adult to do whatever they wanted. But as long as you did your part when they were growing up, it's all that matters. So I played the father card. Well, maybe a God card. And Lord just put it in my heart to mention to them that they don't want to go back into the school year without being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we want them to come. Peyton, Jordan, we want you to come and get your baptismal certificate. Peyton McKenzie Wyatt. How you feeling today? A whole lot better than last week? Hold on to your certificate. Jordan Anthony Wyatt. You better love that middle name, boy. That's history. That's tradition that you have. Now I got to step up on the next there. hallelujah hallelujah God bless y'all amen so y'all my witness I try to give them God as best as I can pray for them just like we pray for each other the young people are up against it the world wants to program them and get them to do what the world wants them to do And it's not easy, and they need the help of God. They need to be connected to their church, where the church can help them to navigate these difficult times that we are living in. And I didn't say hard times, because there's nothing too hard for God, but they're difficult. Yeah, the devil is slippery, and he makes you believe that things are okay, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. And then it's not until you get jammed up that you realize there was something wrong with that. And you know, can I tell you this? <laughs> I've been saying this for a while, and every once in a while I just chuckled when I realized that, okay, I don't know if we're listening. I said when I used to when I was growing up, hi Trinity. When I was growing up, Trinity, growing up in Jamaica, many of our neighbors had dogs. We had a dog. But, you know, there was always some dogs that was just, they just seemed rougher than other dogs. Their barks was heavier. They seemed a little meaner, fierce. And so we all knew the, the, the house or the houses that had the big, mean dogs. And when you're coming down the street or the lane, wherever you live, you knew the house and you marked the house that had the big, fierce, mean dog. And you never took any chances with that dog you cross over or for some of us you were so scared you, you took another street. It was longer. You went the long way and went around the street because you're not passing that out because you just don't know when the dog will jump over and get a hold of you. And I teach in this church that some of the things that I'm telling you is not necessarily sin. What I'm telling you stay away from. It's not necessarily sin. But what I'm telling you is if you get close enough, sin can bite you. And that's what I try to get across. It's the principle of the preaching and the teaching that you must grab a hold to. And not just, well, that's, you can't go black and white when you're trying to learn and God is trying to help you. Because there's more to it than what I'm saying. So be careful what you walk close to when you could be walking far away from it. <laughs> Stay far away from the things that can get you. I remember when I first got saved, I used to lead the charge with some people when I wasn't saved. We were the big timers that opened and closed certain establishments. And when I got saved, they told me, can you come to the establishment, just drink water or drink Diet Coke? And I told them I would not go to the establishment and sit there and order Coke or Diet Coke. Because I had enough sense. You know, some of us want to believe, man, I'm strong. I can handle it. I had enough sense to know. And I, I felt like I was full of the power of God, full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. But I still didn't want to even allow myself to be tempted. Sometimes you just got to do things that just don't even allow yourself to be tempted. And so I knew that, you know what, I probably could. I probably could make myself accountable because they knew I didn't drink anymore. But I just told them, nah, not going to that establishment. Those people really cared about me. I remember not long after that, they realized that I was serious about living for God and doing the right things. And I remember them saying, you know what? Let's go to this establishment over here that all they serve is coffee and tea and desserts. No alcoholic beverages. I said, that sounds good. Let's go. And that was a testimony that I left with them that they realized that I was serious about what I professed that I was. And still, till this day, I'm staying far away from certain things that I don't even want to be tempted by. Don't even, it doesn't mean that going into, you know, as some people like that, well, what's wrong with sitting at the bar if you drink water? Nothing wrong. Why? 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 That's the question, why? Why? Because a lot of things the devil try to get us to do, if we were stopping just before we do it, it says, well, why do I need to do this anyway? I think we would do good if we would just ask the question, why do I need to do this anyway? I think we'll help ourselves a whole lot. I hope to help you today before you leave the house of the Lord. I feel like I can help you if you will hear what God has to say through his word today. As a matter of fact, why bother come to church if you don't feel like you need God to help you with something? If we're here, hopefully we have realized that we're here because we need God to help us with something. And so let's get together in God's house and listen to God's word and obey God's word so God can help us in the areas where we need help. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Right after church today, right after service, there will be a business owner meeting in our fellowship hall next door. If you are a business owner, we would love to meet with you and discuss... network in, how to start business, how we can use our business as uh, ministry. We want to be able to minister to people through everything that God allows us to have. So if you could meet with us next door right after service today, that would be wonderful. Amen. I also want to I know we have a lot of guests this morning and so many people to say hello to. Sometimes I can just stand here and just Say hello to everybody. This morning in our leadership meeting, we, we welcome back our uh, musician, Brother Jimenez and his family. But, but since his wife and his children weren't there, we got to welcome them and say, welcome back. We're so glad that Jimenez are back. Amen. The three girls are now big sisters. Three girls are big sisters. Three girls are big sisters. There's four girls, but three girls are big sisters. And so we welcome them back into their home church. Hey, they did tell me while they were out in Chicago that they did go to a church, one of our UPCI church, and it was a great church, wonderful church, well known church, but they told me it just wasn't the same as our home church.
0: Everybody
3: needs a home church. Hallelujah. <laughs> let's stand together and let's turn our Bibles to are put on the screen. Luke chapter 17, verse number 3. Cinderella is in the house this morning. I'm just going to embarrass her. My goddaughter's name is Cinderella. That's what she is. She's Cindy. And so it's always good to have my goddaughter home. Amen. Good to see her. So, <laughs> I can't help this. This is good. So Cinderella was making some changes recently. And she's trying to get some stuff moved into her apartment, get some stuff done. And her best friend... Dr. Brooks we've all just come in line to support Cinderella Dr. Brooks and all of us we just support her and so we're all helping and dr. Brooks's fiance decided why am I doing all this what is this all about I'm not putting up with that Cinderella stuff but guess what he kept on doing it Brother Zerati, she's Cindy, man. Nothing you can do about. it. She's Cindy. You can't do anything about it, man. Just let it be. But I welcome all of you. Amen, Brother Craig, Brother Zerati. Don't get nervous. I'm in control. I'm in control. They know what I'm talking about. I'm in control. I'm not losing it. Luke chapter 17. Verse number three. There's a theme, it seems like, that the Lord is directing me to kind of minister on. And let's see what he has to say this morning along the same lines of the things that we've been talking about the past three weeks. Luke chapter 17, verse number three says, Take heed to yourselves if thy brother... Somebody said, our brother, trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him, and if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shall forgive him. Somebody say, forgive him. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou, re- and be thou planted in the seed. And it should obey you. Somebody say, Amen. I believe God will help us today before we leave. But here is what I want for you to pray and ask God right now ask God to forgive you of your sins, ask God to forgive you for any wrong that you've done. Say, God, I repent of my sins. Come on, let's go and ask the Lord. Father, We have done wrong in thy sight often. We've sinned against you often. And we have offended our brothers and sisters often. Oh God, we are coming before you this morning meekly but boldly to your throne to say, will you forgive us of our sins? Of all our wrongdoing. We repent, Lord God, And we ask, oh God, that you will forgive us and cleanse us. And, oh God, that you will wash us, that we may be clean. Father, we want your word to impact our heart, our soul, our mind, our spirit. We want you to do a great work in every one of our lives. And before we leave here today, we want the glory of the Lord to be revealed in us. Father, have your way this morning. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying unto us. Touch our heart that it will be receptive Lord to the word of God. Let our heart be a heart Lord Jesus that is cultivated Ready, Lord God, a a ground that is fruitful, uh, that will receive the seed, the word of God, that will produce good fruit. Bless us as we ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. There is great power in just a little faith. There is great power in just a little faith. I believe it was three weeks ago, somewhere around there, I preached to you, faith, the grain of a mustard seed. And I'm not sure what I preached after that, but I remember preaching to you last week, the little things. Take care of the small things. And now today... I feel strongly that the Lord has rest upon me to minister to you that there is great power in just a little faith. In these passages of scriptures we just read, Jesus taught his disciples about bitterness and unforgiveness. He taught them how to remove these evil forces, out of their life. As an illustration, Jesus likened these forces of bitterness and unforgiveness to his or to that of that sycamine tree that was well known in that part of the world. When you understand everything that is connected to the sycamine tree, You will know exactly why Jesus chose to use this tree as an example of bitterness and unforgiveness in this text. In verse 6, Jesus told his disciples, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the roots, and be thou planted in the seed. And it should obey you. Notice that Jesus said, Ye might say unto this. Meaning he was referring to something specific. This. Pointing to that sycamine tree. Keep in mind that Jesus was speaking of getting rid of bitterness and unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. He told his disciples that they needed to forgive those who offended them or sinned against them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he then took took it to the maximum effect by saying that if even if thy brother or thy sister sin against you 7 times In one day, if they come back to you each time and say, will you forgive me, you ought to forgive them. Mm -hmm. Forgiving once is already a challenge. Somebody say amen. But to forgive someone seven times in one day almost sounds preposterous or impossible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This statement was the equivalent of saying when, Lord, when the Lord said to them, when they said to the Lord, increase my faith. This is interesting. The Lord told them, you must forgive. And if your brother or sister come to you seven times throughout the day because they offended you or they sinned against you, every time they come, You ought to forgive them. Notice, that's when the Lord says, or that's when the disciples said to the Lord, increase my faith. Because they were up against something that they thought, man, that's impossible. That is crazy, because I can't let somebody keep offending me, and mistreating me, and speaking ill of me, and every time they do it, they come back and say, I'm sorry, and I'm supposed to just keep forgiving them? Only a fool do that. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's our kind of talk. That ain't God's talk. Many of us, hear me now, many of us have enough faith to allow the Lord, to accomplish His will in our life. Say amen. Amen. However, I believe God's will is not being accomplished in our life because we think we need more faith. Whenever God tells us something and we're not doing it because we have convinced ourselves that, oh God, that's just difficult. We start saying, oh, Lord, increase my faith. You know what's interesting? After I started studying this text, I started saying, maybe I don't need to pray that prayer anymore. Increase my faith. Because increase my faith is starting to sound to me like an excuse. Mm -hmm. That's what it's starting to sound like to me. So if God tells us to do something and we say, Lord, increase our faith, what we're saying is, God, you're asking a hard thing. And so I'm going to need something extra to do what you're asking. So I need you to increase my faith. Made me think of Moses. When God told Moses to go let the people out, Moses decided, Lord, I'm not eloquent enough. Lord, and he started making all these excuses. Can we settle this issue this morning and understand that when God tells us to do something, we already have what it takes to do what he tells us to do. No need to ask God, well, how am I going to get this done? How should I do, what should I do to get this done? Just go do what God says you can do. You will be amazed and your mind will be blown if you will decide to just go and do what God says to do. Because God will not tell you to do anything that you could not do, that he will not help you to do. The purpose of God always is accompanied with the power of God. You hear me? The purpose of God will always be accompanied by the power of God. If God sent you somewhere, if God tell you to do something, his power will operate in the process and you will do and accomplish what God says you can. So God is not sending you to do anything that you can't do. So no need to negotiate. No need to say give me more faith. You already have what it takes. So just go and do what God wants you to do. Before we can fully understand why Jesus taught about getting rid of bitterness and forgiveness, we first need to see why he used the sycamine tree to illustrate these destructive forces. Was there a particular reason why he didn't use an oak tree or an apple tree or a palm tree for the illustration? Why did he use a sycamine tree? Why did he use the sycamine tree to symbolize the detrimental effects of bitterness and unforgiveness in a person's life? So, let's do this this morning. Let's take a look at the characteristics of a sycamine tree. I believe you will comprehend why Jesus used this particular tree in this particular context. The sycamine tree was known to have one of the deepest root structures of all trees in the Middle East. It was a vigorous and robust tree that grew to the height of 30 feet or more. Because its roots went deep down into the earth, it was very difficult to kill the sycamine tree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was very difficult to kill it. Hot weather, blistering temperatures had little effect on this tree because it was tapped into a water source down deep under the earth. Even cutting it to its base would not guarantee its death because its roots hidden deep under the ground would draw from underground sources of water, enabling it to keep resurfacing again and again in other words this tree was very difficult to eradicate jesus just don't say things just to say it jesus don't tell you something and it's just 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 supposed to be uh, no big deal huh. no no whatever jesus tells us he's telling us something so much more than what we can ever understand No wonder Jesus used this tree as an example of bitterness and unforgiveness like the sycamine tree. Bitterness and unforgiveness must be dealt with 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 the clear roots being dug up. Or they will keep springing up again and again. The roots of bitterness and unforgiveness go down deep into the human soul fed by any offense that lies hidden in the soil of the heart. And so we have to be careful what we're dealing with when we're dealing with bitterness and unforgiveness because this sycamine tree represented bitterness and unforgiveness. Its tentacles have far reach. Its its tentacles go deep, and it's not so easy to get rid of bitterness and unforgiveness, just like it's not so easy. To get rid of the sycamine tree. In Egypt and the Middle East, the sycamine tree was considered to be the preferred wood for building coffins and caskets. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: It grew quickly, and nearly any environment it grows into, it can grow and, and grow quickly and be able to cut, be cut down and be used to make coffins and caskets. These are two reasons sycamine wood was used in many places for caskets and coffins. Again, we can see why this illustration of the sycamine tree is so ideal for portraying bitterness and unforgiveness. Just as the sycamine tree grew very quickly, so does bitterness and unforgiveness. In fact, it doesn't take too long at all for these evil forces to get out of control and start taking over your whole life. Somebody need to hear me this morning that bitterness and unforgiveness can take over your whole life and your behavior can change completely and you can't figure out why am I doing these things and why am I living like this and you don't realize bitterness and unforgiveness is hooked in you and that's why you're making the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. 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 also, Just as the sycamine tree grew easily in every environment, so does bitterness and unforgiveness. It grows easy in every kind of environment. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where people are from, where they live, what kind of cultural background they grew up in, or what level of society they belong to. Bitterness and unforgiveness grow in humans' heart everywhere, for they are universal in the scope of evil influence. No matter where you go in this world, no matter where you go in whatever culture, whatever nationality, whatever kind of people, bitterness and unforgiveness will spring up real easy if you let it. The sycamine tree grew best. Watch this. Where a little rain fell and water was sparse. Isn't this just like bitterness and unforgiveness? These negative attitudes flourish where spiritually dry conditions exist. What does that mean, preacher? You can almost count on finding bitterness and unforgiveness growing and blossoming where there is no prayer, where there is no repentance, where there is no worship, where there is no regular reading of the Word of God, where there is no joy, and where there is no renewing and refreshing of the Holy Ghost. If that's not happening in your life, oh, rest assured, bitterness and unforgiveness will find it easy to grow and spring up in your life. Listen, stick with me. I've got good news for you. Don't forget that sycamine wood was the preferred wood for building caskets and coffins. Check it out. Jesus is so deep. He should be deep. He, he, he knows everything. But watch this. Harboring bitterness will, will spiritually bury you more quickly than anything else. I'll say that again. Harboring bitterness will spiritually bury you more quickly than anything else. These attitudes are the materials that Satan uses to put you six feet under the ground. The Lord used a tree that they know they used to make casket and coffins. And he says... Like a sycamine tree, bitterness and unforgiveness will ruin your life and it will kill you. You will be buried in it. He had so much content for why he used the sycamore tree, the sycamine tree, to, to, to explain, explain to us what bitterness and unforgiveness is like. If we permit bitterness and unforgiveness to grow in our life, It won't be long until these attitudes kill our joy, steal our peace, and cancel out eternal life. Mm. Bitterness and unforgiveness wants to destroy us, wants to ruin us. It wants to take away our hope in Christ. Somebody said, but I won't let it. The sycamine tree and the mulberry tree were very similar in appearance. The two trees even produced a fruit that looked identical. However, the fruit of the sycamine tree was extremely bitter. Its fruit looked just as luscious and delicious as the mulberry fig, but when a person tastes the sycamine fig... He discovered that it is horribly bitter. Mulberry figs were delicious and therefore expensive. Mm -hmm. Because of the cost of this fruit, it was primarily eaten by wealthier people, but the sycamine tree or the sycamine fig was cheap and therefore affordable to poorer people. Because the poor couldn't afford the luscious mulberry fig, they munched on the sycamine fig as a substitute. However, the sycamine fig was so bitter that it couldn't be eaten all at once. In other, in order to consume an entire sycamine fig, the eater had to nibble on it a little bit at a time. I want you to think about bitterness and unforgiveness as I'm talking about a sycamine tree. After a pause, the eater would return to nibble on it again, but he or she could never devour an entire piece of this fruit at one time. Mm -hmm. It was just too tart and too pungent to eat at one sitting. Jesus. Let's us know that like the sycamine fruit, the fruit of bitterness and unforgiveness is bitter. It's a bitter tart and it's it's pungent. Like the fig, most people who are bitter are filled with unforgiveness. Chew on their feelings for a long time. Feelings control us. Not tell you we're not going to feel different emotions. But feelings are not supposed to control you. The Bible says we walk by faith. Jesus cried, the Bible says Jesus wept. Jesus cried when he was praying and his tears was like drops of blood. So Jesus had displayed emotions. When they were in the temple not doing what they're supposed to do, he came in and and flipped over the, 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 the tables, the money changer tables. So he has emotion. But emotion doesn't control. The word of God is supposed to direct our actions. So, let's be practical. When your emotions stir you a certain way, you deal with it at that time. Deal with it. It's okay. Whether it's tears, whether it's frustration, deal with it. While you're sitting there, while you're laying there, deal with it. But when it's time for action, you say, what? Thus saith the Lord. We have to learn that. As Christians, that is essential that we learn that we can allow the emotions that we feel to be in our heart and be our mind and, and to just work in our life. But after you have considered all of what's going on in your mind and in your heart emotionally, what will you do? Will you operate off emotion or will you say, what does the word of God say? Stop looking for people to agree with your actions. Stop trying to go seek people out to agree with what you want to do because you don't want to do what God says. So you go and find somebody that quote-unquote act like they're godly and now you're going to get them to agree with you when both of you are just trying to circumvent God's Word. Stop trying to find people to agree with you and say, What does the Word say? What does the Word say? Forget about your feelings. Forget about your emotions. I'm not telling you, do not respond or do not acknowledge your feelings. Acknowledge your feelings. They're there for a reason. Acknowledge your hurt. Acknowledge your pain. But when it's time to do something about it, do it according to the Word of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They nibble on bitterness for a while. Then they pause to digest what they have eaten. After they have reflected deeply on their offense, they return to the memory table to start nibbling on their bitterness again. Taking one little bite, then another little bite, then another. In the end, their perpetual nibbling on the poisonous fruit of bitterness makes them bitter and sour people themselves. And you know, we know how to mask what's really going on with us. Well, let me say it this way. We think we know how to mask what's really going on with us. Because can I tell you this? You can't mask anything from God. It doesn't even make sense to try to mask or to pretend like something is not happening when you're dealing with God. And sometimes what we're trying to do is, oh, I'll be real with God, but I won't be real with people. Why do you care about what people think? Aren't you more interested in what you and God are trying to work on? And if that exposes some kind of flaw or some kind of thing in your life, that's, you know, people might look. Let them look. Let them talk. Why are we worrying about what people are saying? Let them talk if they decide to talk. Because by their talking, I've told you this before, it means they're not in a good place themselves with the Lord. There's a scripture that says, so many things that come to mind. There's a scripture that says that if you see your brother or sister taken over by a fault, you which are spiritual, you was your spiritual. You was just spiritual. So if you see something wrong with someone that's a Christian, instead of talking, you're supposed to be spiritually now to restore them. And if that's not what you're doing, you're not right with God either. I had that situation a long time ago. It came back around. Just keep doing right. It will come back around. I had a guy call me up one time and told me, yeah, your pastor, not right. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I've got the Holy Ghost. That's one thing I can tell you. I've got God's spirit in me like you wouldn't believe. You got him too. Just how much you allow him. But he called me and said, your pastor ain't right, blah, 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 blah. And I listened to him talk. I said, brother, if you think my pastor is that wrong and not right, that means you're right. It means you're spiritual. And that's when I hit him, I says, now go read your Bible like you know it, just like I know it, in Galatians chapter 6, where it says, if you see your brother or sister taken over by a fault, yeah. he got quiet. Yeah. He up the phone. Years later, he came back and says, you know, I want to apologize to you. I said, no problem, my brother. Because we're letting our emotions control our actions, and then we got to always come back and say, eh. As long as our emotions run our life, we will always have to come back to apologize. We'll always have to come back and say we're sorry. We'll always have to come back and try to make it right. Wasting time that you could be using to do something that is godly. Just do it right the first time. Just do it right the first time. Sycamine tree. Bitterness and, and, and unforgiveness. This tree... And its fruit, watch this, had to be stung in order to reproduce. (laughs) Think of how many times you have heard a bitter person say, I have been stung by that person once, but I'm not going to be stung by them again. That's bitter talk. You want me to tell you why that's bitter talk? The Bible says, Perfect love cast out fear. So if you're worrying about stuff, it means love ain't flowing in your life the way it needs to. I'm not afraid to get hurt over and over again. It's going to happen even if I try to avoid it. You cannot avoid hurt. That same text in Luke chapter 17, verse number one. Can y'all put that up? Y'all quick enough back there to do that? Ooh! no, no, no. 17, verse 1, not 3. I know I picked up in 3, but I want to show you something in verse 1. I don't know how quickly y'all can work on that. Okay. Then said he unto his disciple, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. It's impossible that you don't get offended, you will be offended. Somebody will do you wrong. Somebody will talk bad about you. Are we going to stay hung up on that? It's impossible for that not to happen. So I can't be walking around trying to avoid being hurt. Trying to avoid someone doing ill to me. Come on now. Jesus says, I'll fight your battle. I don't know how we Maybe we don't know the word of God and why we take some certain positions. Because if Jesus says, I'll fight your battle, why am I going to battle with you? He said, I'll fight your battle. He said, cast your care on him. Why am I going to battle and worry about what you got to say? I'm going to help you before we leave. But understand this. They teach you this. Some of you know if you've been there at AA that you have to confront your demons in order to deal with them. Yes? You you have to acknowledge your issues. As a matter of fact, that's why when you pray to God, it's very important to acknowledge your sin. That's how you get help. That's how you get delivered. That's how you get set free that you have to Face up with your issues and your concerns and your problems and your situations. You've got to deal with them face to face. You can't ignore them. You can't ignore a problem and think it goes away that way. Yeah. Now, I know we all do it because we, are, we don't like to be confrontational. Especially in the things that we don't want to be confrontational about. And so we try our best not to be confrontational with stuff. But we cannot Just allow things that's wrong with us, not with somebody else. Let me clear that up. Don't go try to fix somebody else's problem. As a matter of fact, as I was coming this morning with this message, I wanted to say to you that this is a message of self-care. I always like to make the example of when you're flying and you're flying with young people and they like to give you the instructions of getting ready to put on your seatbelt and tell you if something go wrong, all that you need to do. And one of the things I always think about is as a parent, if something is going wrong, I want to put the mask on my child before I put the mask on me. But that's not what they tell you on the plane. Because there's a principle behind, if you're not okay, you can't help anybody else. If you're not okay, you can't help anybody else. You can't. You can't take anybody where you haven't been. You can't help anybody where you're weak at. You have to be right. And strong in an area if you're going to try to help somebody in that area. So if you don't have a strong relationship with God, how will you? As a matter of fact, let me just throw this in while I'm there. There's a scripture that says in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, it says, And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, that you may be a witness unto me first in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. In order to be an effective witness for God, you need the power of the Holy Ghost. We worry sometimes about why this kind of church, the apostolic church, the church, the church that God established. We, why y'all always talking about the Spirit? Because the Spirit of God makes the difference. Come check Wednesday night Bible study out. The Spirit of God makes the difference. Because we don't have no power. And Zechariah... Um, chapter 6 I believe it tells us about it's not by might nor by power but it's by God's spirit that things get done so we don't have no power but God has all power. God has all power not us. So to think that we can do anything on our own we're kidding ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so this tree had to be stung by a wasp to reproduce. And so we always function when we have bitterness and unforgiveness in us like this tree. It's, it's amazing how the Lord Jesus used this tree as an example to point to us to look at what bitterness And unforgiveness does. The work that it does in us. Uh Uh-huh. It is likely that people who make such a statement about, I'll never let them do that to me again, have been stung by a situation that the devil especially devised to pollinate their heart and soul with bitterness and unforgiveness. Do we ever stop and think that the devil will do things to get us all messed up so we can't be effective for God and and, and have right relationship with people? Do we ever stop and think that the devil deceives us? Because he's not powerful. He will trick us and make us believe something that is not. He's been doing that from the very beginning. He told Adam and Eve, That you will be as God if you eat the fruit. He was tricking them. He says, God knows that the day you eat that fruit, you will be as God. Now, that was sad because they were already the closest thing to God. So don't tell me what I'll be when I'm already that. That's where he tricked them at. So he told them they could be something or they will be something that they already were. And the devil will keep on telling you stuff like that. The other thing that the devil told them something that they didn't understand was the devil wanted them to believe that, that God was trying to keep something from them. That's a big one that he used on us all the time. The devil always makes us think that God is keeping something away from us. So when you hear me preach certain things, you said, mm, I hear you, Pastor, I'm not down with that. Why? Because the devil tricked you to tell you that ain't necessary devil's been telling us that from the very beginning. That ain't necessary. He's telling you not to eat from the fruit of that tree. That ain't necessary because he knows if you do, you're going to be just like him anyway. So he's telling you stuff that ain't even necessary. Right. That's what the devil's been saying from day number one to Adam and Eve. And he's still doing it to us today. And we're eating it up, biting it, line, hook, line, and sinker because we're allowing our desires to be more stronger than the word of God in our life. Our desires cannot and should not, must not be more powerful in our life than the Word of God. Mm -hmm. When a person talks like this, you can know for sure that the wasp has stung them. And now bitterness and unforgiveness is just... I'm going to close in just a bit here. Jesus said that in order to rid this nuisance from one's life, a person must have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. Jesus uses the example of a mustard seed in this example because it's only but a tiny, minuscule seed that you need to have faith as much as. I'm not telling you to not pray anymore and say, Lord, increase our faith. But I am telling you, you you probably don't need no more faith than you already got. (laughs) By using this word, Jesus was telling his disciples that a great amount of faith is not needed to deal with bitterness and unforgiveness. Any person who has even a tiny measure of faith can speak to bitterness and forgiveness and command them to leave if that is really the desire of their heart. So let me deal with this. So what is your desire today? Because that is what determines everything. David says, one thing have I desire; mm, that I desire is to dwell, to pursue. He says, "Lord, as the deer pants after the water brook, so do my soul pant after you, O God." That was his desire, yeah. and it comes down to our desire. For what we want. And that's where God left it at. God says I created you and I gave you free will. It's up to you what you decide you want. And whatever you desire you want to go after, whatever you feel like you want to go after, you go after it. Good or bad, God says it's up to you. This is why we can see clearly what's going on in our world. Because God says I gave you free will. It's up to you. I am not going to strong arm you. I'm not going to make you. Just like I told the church here, I said, I'm not going to be the the Christian police, the pastor that police the people. Kidding me. God ain't policing us, so I'm not policing you. You do whatever you want. This is between you and God. I'm just here to give you the the guidance. I'm just here to help you, uh, you know, stay right and, and stay away from the things that can harm you. But I'm not here to police you. The Bible says God is omnipresent. He sees everywhere. Everywhere. He's omniscient. He knows everything. So why am I going to stand up here or try to, you know, look around? What, is, what, what are they doing? Are you kidding me? Man, I can barely control myself instead of trying to worry about all the people around here. <laughs> what is your desire today? Do you genuinely wish to be free from bitterness, unforgiveness, and offenses that have festered in your soul for so long? I'm talking to somebody here this morning. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to rip out those destructive roots, clear out of your heart so they won't be able to resurface in your life anymore? Forgiveness is so deep and rooted in some of our life that we live our life functioning with that in our life. But that's not God's will for you. That's not what God wants for you. God don't want anybody to live miserable. God don't want anybody to live beneath their privileges. God don't want anybody to live less than when they're a child of God. I don't know who in here today that have children that want their children to live less than them that want their children to do less than them that want their children to have less than them. I'm here to tell you God is a good father and his desire is is that you live according to his purpose and according to his will his desire is that you will soar with wings as eagles. His desire is that you will live above of sin and the drudgery of this world. His desire is that you will live a life of peace and a life of joy and a life of righteousness. A life that is free from bondage and sin. That is his desire for your life. He's not telling you anything to make you mad. He's just telling you what will make you right. Oh somebody, if you will just know the goodness of God that he's trying to to raise you up. He's trying to pick you up and take you higher than you've ever been. That's what he's trying to do. He's not he didn't send me here today to get you upset. He didn't send me here today to make you feel terrible. He sent me here today because he want to help you. But the only way we get help is when we confront the things that are wrong in our life. You cannot let them just fester and act like they don't exist. You have to confront them. Are you tired? Are you tired of those detrimental attitudes killing your joy? So many times I watch we come in the house of God and we just seem so beat up. We come in the house of the Lord. There's so much pain. We come into the house of the Lord and we're just downtrodden, beat down. It's good that you're coming to the house of the Lord, but you're leaving the same way. And God cries out when we come in and leave because that's not his intent that you come in his house and leave hurting and leave with pain and leave frustrated. That's not his will that you come in and leave that way. So if we do, it's because we did not do something we should have done. You have seen me made the examples many times that I would stand here with a certain amount of money and I would tell you it's yours. Come and get it. And it never fails out. Everybody's skeptical. And it just demonstrates a behavior that we have in general, that we're skeptical people. Too good to be true. What's up with that? If I go up there and get that money, is he going to meet me at the back door and talk about give me that money back? We're skeptical. And so we show up, and when God wants to bless us, we're skeptical. We don't think that God wants to do that. We just think that, oh, this is too good to be true. Oh, I don't believe that. Oh, it's something more to this. I just don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But something just ain't right. That's how we're functioning. And we can't receive the blessings of God. We can't receive the goodness of God like God wants to give to us because we're skeptical. I cannot say this enough. I say a lot of things that I know just you just like, okay. But I said this many times and I will continue to say it. My submission to my pastor and how I served in a church had nothing to do with the people, had nothing to do with the man. I cannot say that enough because we, we, we continue to equate how we respond to things according to the man. How you respond to things, don't let it equate to the man. First, let it equate to God, then it will equate through the man. You will realize when this becomes first a God thing, then you know what? It won't even matter what I think about the man because I will know that's God's man. That's God's man. Not the man of God. That's God's man. We can say the man of God, which sounds good, but you know what? I like that's God's man. You know why? Because if it's God's man, what do I have to worry about? I don't have anything to worry about because God is going to make sure what I need, I will get it by working through that man. Has nothing to do with the man. It has to do with the God that the man serves. It has to do with the God that is all powerful. The God that works through the man. Has nothing to do with the man. Get your eyes off the man. Put your eyes on God. He is the one that causes all things to work, not the man. Brother Alonzo Terry's funeral was yesterday for those of you that know him, and I watched the funeral live. And it was really interesting. That was a very interesting funeral. The guy that preached his funeral, Brother Terry knows the the the, 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 the most every, all the big wigs, so to speak. And you know who Brother Terry had a had a priest's funeral? Well, his family had preached the funeral? Brother Terry had started the Spanish work. And Brother Terry allowed the pastor of the Spanish church that he started to preach his funeral. His family did that. And the man preached in English and Spanish. It was a lady up there interpreting. It, and they just went back and forth. He would preach in Spanish. She was preaching English. He would preach in English. She would preach. It was just beautiful. But he preached about God's man. Because he, was, he lived it. Again, that's why it's important to understand you will, you will preach what you have experienced. So what I'm giving you is things that I've experienced and have proven. And so he preached about God's man. He talked about there was a snake one day. He was laying in his room, across, laying in his house across the street from the church. And he just opened his eyes and he saw a big snake looking at him. And he was looking back at the snake. And he was scared, he said. He was young in the gospel at the time. And he said, what he did was he rolled off the bed. He said, Guess what? I didn't pray. He said, You know what I did? I called God's man. He said, When I called God's man, Brother Terry, Brother Terry said, Hey, brother. He said, Brother Terry, there's a snake. My room. And Brother Terry said, All right, hold on. I'll be over there in a second. I'm gonna kill it. Now I don't know what you thought about that, but that's what Brother Terry told the man. Brother Terry done, then went and got his son and tell his son, Come on, we're going over by brother so and so. There's a snake over there. So Brother Terry and his son started looking through the house, the room, and finally they say, Ah! Saw the snake. And brother, uh, and brother Terry told his son, Nathan, Go ahead, Nathan, kill the snake. <laughs> As the man was telling the story, he brought Nathan up so he can prove it. He said, What happened, Nathan? Nathan killed the snake. You see the gist of the story? Brother Terry could he probably was afraid. He brought his son. I don't even know if his son was afraid either. But all I know is the man that was preaching this thing says, I'm going to God's man. Y'all seeing this? I'm going to God's man. And because you are standing on God's principles, because you're standing on God's word, then God work it out. That's how God works. That's what we call faith. But when you start to say, he a man just like me, ooh, Woo! is he human just like you? Yeah. But if God put him in position, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. If God put him in position, that's all that matters. When that man tells you something, you best believe that God will back it up because it's not even about the man. It's God backing up what God says God will do. It ain't got nothing to do with man. It has everything to do with what God says he will do. He just uses the voice
0: of the man to speak what he will do.
3: Let's say. This ain't about no man. This is about God's plan. This is about God's purpose. And God says, if you will trust me, how I do things is the way I work. Don't you question how I operate. Don't you question how I do things. Well, Zerati, you can question it, but don't worry. He don't have to tell you why he's doing it, and how he's doing it. You can question it, but that don't mean you'll get an answer. But God is in full control and will do what he says he will do. And so all we need is faith as a grain of mustard seed. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not going to get into any great, you know, uh, deep study about this. But listen to me what I'm telling you this morning. Faith is the knowledge that Jesus Christ is almighty God manifest. You want to get that, 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 that explanation or description of faith? You go to 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. That is the example, the description of faith. Faith is not Ah, uh, Hebrews 11 and 6, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You cannot explain Hebrews 11 and 6 to anybody for them to understand. It don't make sense. But when you go to 2 Peter 1, verse 1 through 4, you will see how clear that the knowledge of God is everything. The knowledge of God is everything. When you get the knowledge of who God is, I can't say this enough. When you know who God is, you will realize, you will begin to say what the scripture says. There is nothing too hard for God. What cannot God do? When you realize who God is and realize what what he said, Brother Sharp, all power is in his hands. When you realize he has all power, what can he do? So all you need is to know who God is. Not just believe. Because you can believe and believe something that's false. You can believe something and believe a lie. But when you know who God is, you can't miss. Because you know Almighty God became a man. Christ Jesus laid down his life, shed his blood, and guess what? Rose from the dead. And guess what? He is sitting on the throne. If you know God can do that, then what can? And so all you need is the knowledge of who God is. Your knowledge that Jesus Christ is God Almighty means you have obtained faith. Now, hear me church, which is very important before we leave here today, now what we have to do is speak to the sycamine tree in our life. (laughs) All we have to do if we have that knowledge that Jesus Christ is God Almighty, all we have to do now is begin to speak to that sycamine tree that is in our life. Speak to your bitterness. Speak to your unforgiveness. Speak to your poverty situation. Speak to your lack of trust. Speak to your situation of bondage. And when you speak, I want you to quote the Word of God and say, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. That is the Word of God. Come on somebody, say to that situation, by the authority of the word of God, the name of Jesus Christ, that situation, name it and say situation, be plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea. And it should obey you. Watch this. Watch this. In Matthew chapter 17, God don't leave no stone unturned. God don't leave any stone unturned. In Matthew chapter 17 verse number 20 the Bible says and Jesus said unto them because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed. It's different now. Ye shall say unto this mountain (laughs) remove hence to yonder place and it shall be removed. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Watch how God operates. Not only does it take little faith to root up and root out deep-rooted things like bitterness and unforgiveness, but it only takes little faith. (laughs) That's all you need little faith to move your mountains so not only did God deal with the deep rooted things in your life God dealt with the high and big things that's in your life all those impossible situations that you look at and you say ain't no way, all the situations you look up and say this is too high this is too wide this is too big, I can't do anything with that, God didn't tell you to do anything with it he says all you gotta do is speak to it, all you gotta do is say mountain, mountain, big situation, big
0: problems, big circumstance. I speak to you by the authority of the word of God, and I say, remove hence to yonder place. There is nothing too deep, there is nothing too high that God
3: can't remove out of His place, that God can't remove out of your way. I've come to tell you today, there is nothing too hard for God, there is nothing too hard for God, all he needs you to do is open up your mouth, and by faith, by faith, when you speak by faith, when you speak by faith, the words that you speak need to also be in your heart. Don't speak a word that your heart is not in agreement with. This is why I say your desire needs to be desire of the Lord. It needs to be desire of righteousness. So when you speak it, make sure your heart is in alignment with the words that you speak. speaking. Woo. Somebody speak to your situation. Somebody speak to your problems to your deep-rooted problems, to your deep-rooted situation. Speak to that mountain that is before you, that you said, man, how is that thing ever going to move? How is that thing ever going to go? I need it to go. I need it to get out of
0: my way. I need it to go. But I'm here to tell you, speak to it. Speak to it. Speak Speak to it. By faith. 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 Speak to it. Come on, somebody. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Speak to your situation. Speak to your circumstances.
3: we're going to do if you need healing it can happen right now you need healing in your body healing in your mind it can happen right now you have repented you have spoken to your mountain you have spoken to your deep rooted situation whatever you need if it's healing right now nothing too hard for God God is going to heal you right now I know I I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in this place. The Holy Ghost is in this place. The
0: power of God.
3: Trust me if you'll resist and neglect the things of the enemy. And trust me, I will raise you up, I will set you free, I will heal you, I will make you whole in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is doing a work. The Holy Ghost is doing a work. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. Don't resist. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not to your own understanding, but in all your ways Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him.
0: Acknowledge him. In the name of Jesus.
3: Oh,
0: hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, bless the name, Jesus. Bless the name, of Jesus. Oh, thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank the Lord. I hear a sound. Oh, my God. Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name, Jesus. God is touching some situations.
3: God is working some things out. I want you to know God is working some things out. God says, I've heard. I've heard your
0: declaration. I've heard your words. You have spoken. And now I
3: have decided to work on your behalf. If you will trust me and you will stay submitted to me,
0: I will show you
3: how great I, the Lord your
0: God, am. I will do what needs to be done. There is no mountain too high. There is no roots too deep down that I cannot root up.
3: Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Your will Your will, will be done, God. And we thank you. We thank you for your will. We thank you for your
0: will for, your will for being done. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If there's anyone here today who's
3: ever given your life to Jesus now is a good time now is a good time to give your life to Jesus you don't have to wait today is your day the water is ready the robe is ready God will wash away all your sins God will put his name on you a seal of approval if you will just give yourself to God today and let him do what he wants to do God loves your church he has great
0: plans for you You are his child, and he wants you to live a life of abundance in him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah.
3: Oh, hallelujah. Come on. God have his way. Let God have his way. Say, God, have your way in me. 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 Come on, tell him, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in me. God has great plans for you. Oh, God wants to do great things in your life. You will not understand. If you will just give him, give him the opportunity to work. God wants you to know if you will give him, oh, yes, give God 21 days. If you will give him 21 days, just being faithful, just being obedient and turning away from sin. God promised he will do a great work in you. He will do a miraculous work in you. If you will abstain from sin, you will trust in the Lord. You will stay submitted to God. He will do a miraculous work in you. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
0: Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
3: As we lift our hands in this missile, lift your hands with me. Father, you are God Almighty. You manifested yourself in the man Christ Jesus. You reveal yourself to you. You reveal yourself to us as the true and living God in the form of a man. You made yourself a servant, Lord God. You surrendered your life and submitted your life for the cause of mankind that we can have life and have it that much more abundantly. That we can have eternal life. And Lord, today we humble ourselves before you. We thank you for all that you've done. Oh God, we want your will to be done now in our life. Will you take away the desires that are god that are ungodly that are worldly and put godly desires righteous desires in our heart in our mind, spiritual things in our heart, in our mind oh God, that as we go forth from this place today, the presence of the Lord will be upon us the word of God will be enriched in our heart and our mind, and we will be doers of your word, and not just hearers only, bless this body of people that have gathered together here today, bless them Lord let them take what you have placed in them let them take it to a respectful place of dwelling Let them take it to their respective house of where they live, Lord. Let your hand be upon them. Let your presence reign supreme in their life, Lord God. That, Lord, they will know it was you that spoke to them today. It was you that healed them today. It was you that delivered and set them free today. It was you that moved the mountain. You that rooted up bitterness and unforgiveness and loosed them from it. God, we give you the praise. God, we give you the honor. God, we give you the praise. God, we give you the honor
0: for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Oh, let's worship him. Let's worship him. God bless you.